ready to talk fantasy football, then you're ready for the Picking Up the Blitz Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your hosts, Mike Randall and Scott Berg. Another day passes in the fantasy football world, and another day that makes me so confident that Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be a top five quarterback and Jordan Howard is very, very underrated. Those two things, partner, keep flashing in front of my eyes like an electric sign in Las Vegas. I like that. I like to hear Jordan Howard's going to be have a big season. I like a Nostradamus Randall over there trying to tell me that Jordan Howard's going to have a nice big bounce back and have a better year than he did last year. I really stake his claim in that uh, running back pool in the fantasy world. And Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm with you. Uh, you know I like Garoppolo. I liked what I saw last year. And uh, I'm expecting big things from the young quarterback in San Francisco. And I know you're going to think I'm contrarian just for the sake of being contrarian. That is not true. I, I like the coaching staff now in Chicago. I like Mitchell Trubisky with a year under his belt. I like the addition of Allen Robinson. I like Anthony Miller. I could take or leave Trey Burton. But I now think the idea that this satellite back love is out of control. It's like a new drug. It's like a new drug that has just hit the market. People think five foot eight, 180 pound satellite backs are going to dominate the touches. That the coaches are going to come out and just say, you know what? We're not running the ball. We're going 80% pass. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous because when they get to the goal line, they usually run. Why was Ty Montgomery good for two games last year, Scott? He wasn't running for 100 yards. It's because he was getting goal line carries. And Jordan Howard is a big, strong back on a team that projects to be better, so to have positive game scripts, and he will get the goal line touches. I like Tariq Cohen also, but not at the ADP he's at. I love Jordan Howard. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're big on the goal line touches, and as you should be, because, I mean, listen, you're inside the five and you're getting these touches. You know, the six points for a touchdown is staring you in the face. But the league is evolving a little bit, and these, these uh, quote-unquote scat backs are really becoming a valuable part of any team, and especially a fantasy team, because of the amount of throwing that we see in some of these games. We do see a lot more throwing than we used to. Maybe teams are going to try to get back to the more running than throwing games uh, that, that we've had in the past. But, you know, guys like a Tariq Cohen are valuable. Obviously, we saw what Kareem Hunt did. We saw what Alvin Kamara can do. You know, obviously, we know what David Johnson but and that's what, Le'Veon, Le'Veon But, Scott, Bell that's what do. it is. It's it's the Alvin Kamara. Like, people are now going nuts. So, Alvin Kamara was, what was he last year? Ninth round, tenth round pick? So, now all those backs are in the fifth round. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, listen, the, the, some of them are getting drafted way too early and they probably won't provide the, the numbers and the value that uh, to warrant where they're being drafted. But you got to understand, too, like I said, the game's evolved. I mean, we've seen a ton of it. You've seen it. You know, we talk about these quote unquote third down backs, and sometimes now they get out there in second down and line up in the slot. Now you got guys like Duke Johnson lining in the slot and be evolving into a running back wide receiver. So these running backs offer more value, and it, especially in the PPR leagues. Look, you go to a standard league where the where the uh, points per reception aren't there, then you're looking at it's a different story. But, I mean, listen, if you're going to get a point per, and I just renewed my league about 45 minutes ago, and I did change the point per to one full point Ooh, for my that's league. big news. It, that's it big news. It has updated to one full point, so you are the first to get that oh, news. Oh, that's big news. That's very uh, So, listen, it, 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 makes a lot, it makes a lot of difference. I mean – Think about it. just 
Think about Duke Johnson, for instance, 93 catches. That's 93 points. How many touchdowns would a goal linebacker need just to make up the difference? No, no, no. I, I no. Listen, you know? I, I, I agree with you. I don't think there's going to be eight to ten Duke Johnson players that are getting 80 receptions. That's my point. Is those those guys that hit the Alvin Kamaras, the Duke Johnson, they'll be there, man. But they don't normally get drafted in the fifth and sixth round. Duke Johnson certainly wasn't last year, and and neither was Kamara. If I, what I'm saying is the bust rate of taking a back in that area that's of that ilk is way too high for my liking. I'd rather take a risk late on a guy and try to get those 80 receptions than to because though you'll have plenty of games, man, four catches for 40 yards. And I don't know. Of, of course you would. Uh, of course you will. But, you know, maybe some people are listening to you because, you know, I look at the latest fantasy pros ratings and uh, rankings and, you know, these change daily. And a guy like Kareem Hunt's dropped four spots. He's dropped from the first round to early second. Alan Kamara's dropped a couple of spots. Our guy, the guy we're all against, Saquon Barkley's dropped three spots. Maybe people are listening. Maybe listen to us. Very you know, nice. Drop it down to eleventh overall. Listen, so, listen. You know? The one we the one we post on Sundays. I did our best numbers yet. A uh, guy I follow on Twitter, great analyst for Fantasy Insiders and Roto Grinder, Josh ADHD. Follow him at Fantasy ADHD. He just tweeted out tonight that he's in an MFL ten. And he's in the 11th spot, which, of course, is where you'll put me, right, in your league. And he started Michael Thomas, Julio Jones. I think it's brilliant. I don't know what the format is. I don't know. It's probably at least a half PPR, okay? But he's at the back end of round one, so he locks up two stud receivers. And I wrote back to him, and he liked it. We're laughing. I go, great start, Josh. So now all you have to do is enjoy the Lamar Millers, the Kenyon Drakes, the Carrion Johnsons, and wait for one of those to hit. That's what you're committing yourself to, and I'd rather do that, and maybe I'll find this year's Chris Thompson in, in round 10. But you know what, man? Barring injury, Mike Thomas and Julio Jones, that's a pretty good start. Yeah, and if you look at fantasy pros rankings based on what he did, you look at it coming back in the next two rounds, he could possibly wind up with Jarek McKinnon and Devontae Freeman. Oh, that's crazy. So, that's crazy. I, you know so, what, man? I bet if it's PPR, he could wind up with Jordan Howard. That's nuts. That's yeah, nuts to say that, but I'm telling you, the end of round three, I can get Jordan Howard. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Very, very true. I think that's the whistle coming in. So first quarter, news and notes. Let's get it going. We talked about it last time. Now it's official. The NFL has officially suspended Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston for three games for violating the league's personal conduct policy. Winston will mount no further appeal after reaching a negotiated settlement with the league. In a statement, Winston essentially admitted to groping a Uber driver in March of 2016. He said, quote, it is uncharacteristics of me and I genuinely apologize Winston claimed he went on to say he has eliminated alcohol from his life. So Ryan Fitzpatrick is one of the league's most experienced and capable backups. He seems to fall into these situations. Three tough games to open up the season at New Orleans, host Philadelphia, host the Steelers. Winston's eligible to come back week four in Chicago. Ryan Fitzpatrick for three weeks. Is it worth it at all? It's so ridiculous because I hated Jameis Winston. He was a guy I was totally avoiding months ago. You know my thoughts. I think he's overrated. I don't think he's accurate. He doesn't run that much. He was throwing multiple interceptions against Rice back in college when he was in Florida State. So this is not a guy who was a perfect producer in college. He was a top producer. He had very strong games, but he showed a propensity for turnovers and for not being accurate. And that's going to kill you in the pros. People buy into the volume. They say, look how great the offense is. Why is the offense great? 
Mike Evans, who has underperformed at least in the last two years. Deshaun Jackson is basically 100 years old. They have O.J. Howard, who looks talented, but they also have Cameron Brait, and their running back situation is terrible, okay? What, what great offense am I missing? Is the head coach a brilliant, is a brilliant guy? Is Dirk Cutter just a, a brilliant offensive? But what am I missing here? So I hated Jameis Winston Scott, and the thing that annoys me about this is people are going to jump off the bandwagon with him, and I would have made a gold mine by avoiding him. The other thing I think you got to be aware of is I think he's – you say he's suspended three games, right? Yep. And then the fourth game is at Chicago. It is. That's frisky. And then week five's a bye. And then week six, I think, is Cleveland. Okay? So here's my point. Could I see a situation where somebody drafts Jameis Winston? Sure. Could I then see them getting off to a rough start and needing the roster spot and have and then have to cut Jameis Winston? 100%. Why would you draft Jameis Winston if you really can't play him with any confidence to week six? Why? Well, yeah. You're gonna hold that right. And listen, you're talking. You know me, man. You were ripping on me. And you were right to do so. I held Josh Gordon for like 12 weeks. Okay, and that was Josh Gordon coming back to the only game in town in Cleveland. This is Jameis Winston, and there's a million quarterbacks you can pick besides him. Yeah, and the snippet here that I have says that he was already going to be a late round value pick, which just could have been the case. But really, he's looking at missing almost 23 percent of the fantasy yes. season. And this yeah. person says he's even undraftable. Does he not even get drafted? I, I listen. I if he's not draftable. Then if you're streaming quarterbacks, you can always look for him. What I'm saying is the start to the fantasy season is so incredibly critical, man. I'm not wasting my time with him. I think anybody who takes him is an idiot, especially in the CBS leagues that we do because your bench is only five guys. Yep, very thin. Another guy that seems to be a hot topic on this podcast, Andrew Luck, says his surgically repaired shoulder remains pain-free. He's ramped up his rehab in recent weeks, something which led to pain in his shoulder and ultimately being shut down last year. He is not having the same issues this time around, and he even plans to have a throwing session with Colt receivers prior to training camp. Skepticism is completely understandable, but considering what last what happened last year, it does look like Luck is on the right track to being around week one. I heard Dave Richard today on the CBS podcast do his rankings of how tough the schedules are going to be, and he incorporates what he projects the defense to be. He projects the Colts' defense to be the worst defense in the NFL this year. So, I don't know, man. I'm starting to think all the Colts are a value, okay? Because let's say Luck is okay. Okay, let's say he's decent. Maybe not superb, but decent. They're going to stink. Okay, and their defense is going to stink, so they're going to have to put up points. They don't have a running back right now worth anything, unless you saw my video, Scott, that I tweeted out about Robert Turbin. Uh, I did see that. You know, so th- like what I'm saying is, if if you if you just think Luck is halfway decent, I kind of think maybe the Colts are undervalued because their defense is not going to be good. Not not yeah. Yeah, game script's going to have them throwing the ball a lot and running and being on the field a lot. Coach Andy Reid said he has been moving Sammy Watkins, quote, all over the place on offense. We're moving him everywhere, quote, Reid said. He hasn't had to do that in his career. In his previous stops with the Bills and Rams, Watkins has been a traditional X receiver on the backside of defenses, routinely facing the other team's best corner or even seeing double coverage. Reid is getting Watkins looks from the slot in order to free him up. Watkins has loved his time in KC so far, saying he's encouraged because anybody can get the ball, and I've got to learn all the positions. Watkins has been going in the sixth and seventh rounds of early fantasy drafts. What kind of value does he provide? And if he's going to be moved around the field, what does that do to Tyreek Hill? He has zero value. I will never draft him before round 12. 
and I think anyone who does is playing with fire. Without looking, partner, how many 100-yard receiving games did Sammy Watkins have last year? I'm going to say zero. He had one against San Francisco in week three. This is my point. In 2016, partner, how many 100-yard receiving games did Sammy Watkins have? I'll stick with zero. He had one against Miami in week 16. In 2015, there's a point here. How many 100-yard games did he have? He had a ton that year. He had it in week 9. He had it in week 12. He had it in week 13. And he had it in week 15. And why am I bringing that up? Because that's what people are holding onto with Sammy Watkins. 2015 with Tyrod Taylor being the feature wide receiver in the offense. If you hear, man, that they're moving people around, avoid it like the plague. They did it with Tyreek Hill. He hit lightning in a bottle. He had a great season. You doubling down that that's happening again, and you're tripling it down that it's happening with another wide receiver on the same offense with Tyreek Hill, who established himself last year? Come on. Uh, I get it, but if you're a Mahomes believer, and I think you are, where is, where, where is Mahomes' passes? Where is his production going to that? I just think it's going to be unpredictable. I, I, I think it's going to be all over the place. You know Travis Kelsey's there. He's going to get fed. Tyreek Hill's going to bust you up with feast or famine production, right? And, 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 and how, what I'm saying is how do you see a situation where Sammy Watkins has a wide receiver two season for them? Explain it to me. Do they score 30 points a game? That's really not the Chiefs' way. No, and, and go back to your Giants argument that we talked about, which I thought was brilliant. Who's then suffering? Yeah, I, Tyree I, I, Kill? I agree. Is that what it is? If, if you're, I'm okay with that. If you say Tyree Kill is going to not be as good and Watkins will improve, I'm fine with it. But somebody's got to suffer. And please tell me it's Kareem Hunt. Well, you know me. I'm not a Tyree Kill guy. I could almost see maybe both of these guys fall on in that 70-75 catch category. And okay. Just, you know, oh, that's fine. Equal. Okay. That's fine. ESPN's John Kime writes, it would be surprising if second rounder Darius Geis does not open the season as the starting running back. Washington does have Rob Kelly and Samaji P. Ryan as options on early downs. You know P. Ryan very well, even <laughs> Kelly. But Geis should easily beat them out if he stays healthy in camp. How much does how much the rookie does as a receiver is a bigger question, especially with Chris Thompson involved in the offense. But Coach Jay Gruden commented on how good Geis looked as a receiver during the offseason program. He is unlikely to be a true, quote, featured back, but he should get enough work to pay off on his late third-round ADP. Your thoughts? I'm going away for a week to LBI, go down to Long Beach Island. and I may see you down there, buddy. may see you. That'd be lovely. And last year, I got an argument with my cousin. I texted you when this happened. I was showing him pictures on my phone, little snippets of Samaj P. Ryan, okay? And then I held on to P. Ryan all year. And sure enough, when I played him, I did not start P. Ryan, but I beat him anyway. And that was the week P. Ryan went off in New Orleans, I think it was. There's no one on that team that, that, that is, is worthwhile getting the early down work except for Darius Geis. Darius Geis has 449 speed. He came from LSU. He still can definitely catch the ball, but his share, his college share was definitely affected because of the offense he played in. Don't forget, by the way, Leonard Fournette used to be there as well. 
but he can catch it. He can run it. There's pictures going out there. Rob Kelly has zero athleticism. That that job is done. And P. Ryan has no explosion whatsoever. Going to player profiler, Geis has a 110.2, 91st percentile speed score. The guy is very aggressive. He's got moves. That's a great offensive line when it's healthy. I know Chris Thompson's there. I'm fine with that. I have no problem with that. But Darius Geis is absolutely going to be the early down running back for this team. No doubt about it. Darius Geis or Rashad Penny? Oh, guys, easy. Twice on Sunday. Enough with Rashad Penny. They have no offensive line. Good. ESPN's Pat McNanaman, I believe I got that right, writes it would, quote, be, would not be surprising if second rounder Nick Chubb wins the, quote, bulk of the early down carries. We know Duke Johnson will keep his role on passing downs, but Chubb and free agent Carlos Hyde will battle it out for early down carries. A committee approach seems most like the most likely outcome, especially early in the season, but McNanaman Naman, sorry, I butchered your name, buddy, gives Chubb a chance to win the job outright in camp and go into the season. Can Nick Chubb be the lead guy? Why, If so, why is Carlos Hyde here? No, he's not. He's not. This is, again, we talk about all these stories we're going to hear, and you have to believe some and not believe some. And remember, every year we hear Devontae Parker is great. Okay. I mean, this one I'm not buying. I'm not buying they spent the money for Carlos Hyde. Carlos Hyde is still fairly young. He's still around that age apex for running backs. I don't care this comes out. I think it's a motivational thing that they leaked. I don't think Nick Chubb is getting early work from Carlos Hyde. Now, you want to tell me next year, the year after, that's fine. Duke Johnson's going to be the passing downs guy. He's going to be the two-minute guy. Uh, etc. You know, but I I think it's going to be high. I'm still buying it. I'm ignoring what Pat Pat McManaman is saying right now. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> the, the, the final two are going to get close to home on both of us here. First off, Le'Veon Bell said he and the Steelers are quote a lot closer than they were last year at this time in contract negotiations. However, quote none of that matters if we do not get it done. Bell cautioned before adding his confidence to two sides of reaching agreement. Bell held out a training camp last season after the two sides failed to reach a long-term deal and said he will do the same this season. The running back is reportedly targeting a $17 million a year on an extension, a number he will almost certainly have to back off to get something done. Currently, the highest-paid running back on a long-term deal is Devontae Freeman, and his contract averages $8.25 million per season. We know how you feel about Bell. How do you feel about the contract situation, and does it do anything for his fantasy value? I think they're going to give it to him. So I'm believing this one. Again, these stories you have to go with your gut. I wouldn't give it to him, Scott. I told you the reasons why. I, I just think he's he's replaceable. I think he's a great running back. Not a good right running back. He is a great running back. But if you're asking me to put a number on that, you and I have talked about this. Everybody's got a price. I just wouldn't give it to him. And I wouldn't be surprised. The guy's been able to stay healthy, but he's been going on these franchise tags. So I think he's going to get it. When he plays, he's fantastic. Absolutely. I just wouldn't do it if I was the Steelers or front office. I would take the beating, and then I would end up putting somebody else in there. Like I said, maybe Jalen Samuels, and I think the offense would be fine. That's just my opinion, but he's going to get a long-term deal. His production certainly deserves it. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but if I'm the owner of the Steelers, I am not giving it to him. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a tough one. I Listen, I've, even as a you know, you know, Steelers fan, I've thought about it too. It's uh, – it's really because he's going to get one of those long contracts, and you you worry that once he gets paid, then the injuries start to come back. It's it's something you got to worry about, but you know the numbers don't lie. His production has just been second to none. Finally, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinels Michael Cohen has spotted your boy Randall Cobb wearing a walking boot on his right foot. Cobb participated in OTAs, so it is a new injury. He said the boot was quote temporary, but would not disclose if he underwent surgery. Cohen reports the team could ease the receiver into camp, but there is no concern about his availability for week one. While Cobb, many people believe, has a wide receiver two upside as the clear number two receiver, 
does this injury carry some concern for you, especially being a foot injury? Very concerned. Very concerned. I was shocked to see this. This bursted my bubble. I was devastated. I'm very concerned about Randall Cobb. This is a contract year. They drafted two wide receivers, Jamon Moore, Equ- Equinemius uh, St. Brown, as well, yeah, as, Mar- that guy. Yeah, as well as Marquez Valdez-Scanling with a late pick. So they drafted three wide receivers. Maybe they knew something. I would love to play for you that song, Hey Geronimo, right now. I think it could be Geronimo Allison. Scott, I am saying this. I am now starting to cool on Randall Cobb because he oh, was wow. he was fragile before. He I wasn't producing, it. to be fair. I told you I'm a truther. I'm not going to lie. He's not producing. When I say I'm a truther, when somebody's a truther, it means it's going against the grain. This worries me. You can't have a guy who's 180 pounds dripping wet, you know, wherever he is, walking around in a boot in, in, in almost July. I'm concerned. But I'll go back to this one, man. You talked about Devontae Adams' schedule. You can't tell me that Aaron Rodgers' offense is not going to produce because I'm just not going to buy it. I don't give a darn who they play. Do you like Devontae Adams more now? I'll probably like him more a little bit, but, you know, I never really was a Cobb guy. I, I am leaning a little bit towards trying to find some value at Geronimo Allison. Yeah. I think it's sneaky there. I, I mean, I think he's young. It's upside. I mean, Rodgers has a history of making his receivers look good. Why not? I mean, he'll probably be the guy that's getting single coverage, and if he's able to separate and make plays, he's got a chance to produce. Really quick, man. They made a big move with the cornerbacks in the draft. They have some big-time players there now in the secondary, Jair Alexander, Josh Jackson. They have good – this team is looking for a Super Bowl. I'll tell you right now, they will have no patience for Randall Cobb. They'll put, if Jamon Moore goes in there and he starts producing, watch out, okay? It, it's like Traquan Smith down in New Orleans. This is a, a flammable offense. Somebody's going to produce, and I do not think that Jimmy Graham is going to be the first tight end, Green Bay tight end to re- catch 90 balls. I don't see it yeah. happening. Now, he Graham's be, not there for 90 catches. Graham's there, there for the red zone. Yeah, Graham's there for the touchdown. It's fine. Exactly. But I'm telling you right now, listen, Geronimo Allison produced when he's in there. He's not a great athlete. Jamon Moore can move, man. Someone's going to get balls here. I'm telling you right now, Randall Cobb, if we're drafting your draft Tomorrow, I'm telling you right now, I'm not taking Randall Cobb. Yeah, I mean, he's a foot injury. He's a wide receiver. He'd be a fool not to be concerned at all. Yeah, absolutely. Whistle coming in second quarter. Mike, it's the end of June. High schools have had their graduations. Elementary schools have had their graduations. And usually right before graduations, they have their awards. You know, someone gets the most likely to succeed award. Yes, yes. Most likely to end up in prison award. Yes. You know, any of that good stuff. So I decided tonight that we're going to play the most likely fantasy version of most likely i have 11 questions for you you have no idea what's coming no idea this is i'm going to tell you they are very random so you're going to really have to you're going to be put to the test and we're going to see how this goes have a little fun with this as we are in uh you know graduation season and congratulations to anybody that graduated college high school elementary school that listens to us my daughter graduates second grade does that count by the way, I'm a little... I, I think it does. My sister graduated eighth. Yes. I had a four-hour ceremony that I sit through, yes. but graduated eighth grade. That was fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I asked, I asked my... I think we care what they say. I asked my daughter, I said, uh, who do you want in your class next year? For the first time, you know what she said? She said Emmett. Steve Smith? I, she said Emmett. I go, who the heck is Emmett? And my wife's like, easy. I go, that was supposed to be Mia. That was supposed to be, you know, Cindy, Lisa, Emmett. Yes. She's like, he's funny. I go, it's funny. Okay, he's funny. He's going to be funny with a bat upside his head also. Anyway, <laughs> get, go ahead. Get started off early. <laughs> All right. First one. Which rookie quarterback is most likely to make a Watson-esque immediate 
Fantasy Impact in 2018. Hmm. You talked about this one last time. So a rookie quarterback that I think is going to make a hu- the biggest impact, huh? Watson-esque. <sighs> you know, it's tough because not a lot – I mean, you, I can't count Mahomes, right? Because he was in the league. You're not talking about first-time stories. You're talking no, about I'm rookie talking quarterback. About rookies. Now listen, you could say nobody, but no. I, someone, I, I well, somebody. listen. This is a boring answer. Uh, it's not going to be Josh Allen. You know my thoughts on that. Although in a dynasty league, I drafted him. Um, I, I'm going to go with Baker Mayfield. I would love to tell you for selfish reasons that Tyrod Taylor is the quarterback for 16 games. I don't think he's going to be. And I'm not a big believer. You know, Josh Rosen may be okay, but I, their offense isn't great down there. So I'm not saying that Cleveland's going to be world beaters. I mean, Cleveland could be five and eleven. It's a fantastic year, but I think they're going to have a lot of passing opportunities. So I'm going to pick Mayfield. I think he could take over. Unfortunately, probably around middle of the year. Uh, you don't think Cleveland will be ten and six like that little battle we had on Twitter? <laughs> no. Anyway, the, no. The question. problem is I have to. Anything Steeler related. It's just absurd. I can't take it anymore. I, I woke up. You said you have me in a bad mood at the start of the day. I just can't take it. Attack the Ravens. Attack call the Bungles. They're always the Bungles. Absolutely. The Bungles. Got to fire Marvin. Uh, Got to fire Marvin Lewis. Everything's negative. Listen, Everything. Come on. Everybody knows Marvin Lewis. Got to be. I mean, the guy's got forty-seven lives. It's unbelievable. Anyway, question two: Which quarterback is most likely to win the Matthew Stafford Underappreciation Award? In 2018? The answer is Philip Rivers. This is very simple. And I, I swear I do not know what he's asking, but I, I just is coming to my head. Philip Rivers has must have outproduced his ADP, I believe, at least five years in a row. No one gives the guy any credit. They all go for the flashy names. Rivers is getting older, I understand that. Explain to me why Philip Rivers is being drafted after Matt Ryan. Just explain that to me. What is the reason? Besides Matt Ryan's one year with Kyle Shanahan, why would you take him? Rivers has a loaded offense. He lost Hunter Henry. I understand that. He didn't lose Mark Bavaro. Okay, they'll be able to replace him. He's got a million weapons. They have a really good team. They're in a division they can win. They almost made the playoffs last year. It's absolutely Phillip Rivers. No one gives the guy any credit. Yeah, I would take Philip Rivers over Matt Ryan. I think people look at the Julio Jones, yes, the, the pair, yes. the pair of running backs that can produce, and then I'm sure Scotty, you know, people, people will be high in Calvin Ridley as well, right? Scotty's six spots behind Jared Goff because of one year. Come Reece- on, man! It's one of your one of your things. Recency bias. Recency man. bias. Oh my god! Number three, which running back is most likely to pull a Kamara slash Hunt? on the fantasy world in 2018. So you're talking about a guy who's a late-round pick? I mean, Hunt really wasn't, but what, what do you mean? Like a guy, uh, like Basically a rookie? coming out of nowhere. Well, Hunt wasn't because of the injury. So it doesn't have to be a rookie? Free, does not have to be a rookie, no. It, just someone who, late value, not expecting to step up and put on a season like they did. And we weren't expecting either one of those guys to do that. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind, is this too boring, is Rex Burkhead? I mean, he's going in the eighth round. Does that I count? Thought you, I thought you'd go Derrick Henry. I, I, I like Derrick Henry. I still think he's going too early. Is Derrick Henry in the fourth round yet? I feel like he hasn't fallen to the fourth round in a lot Derrick, of ways. Derrick Henry is still going behind Deion Lewis. He is the RB25, and he is right at the beginning of the sixth round. All right. I was looking for somebody later is what I was looking for. Yes, I think Derrick Henry is very underrated. We talked uh, – very undervalued. We talked about this. Listen, around that time where Burkhead's getting picked, if you can figure out the Green Bay running back, you know I prefer Aaron Jones. That could be a home run as well because whoever's back there – although I'm starting to think, man, and I heard a story about this. Do you think it's possible that they just go back to Ty Montgomery? 
Because if Ty Montgomery doesn't get hurt, I can make an argument that he's going to be the one that gets the majority touches. And you cannot tell me, Scott, that if Ty Montgomery is getting a 65% snap share in the backfield for the Packers, especially now when Randall Cobb's got a boot, that you can't see him being a high-end RB2? Well, how about with Randall Cobb being at the boot? I mean, I'm sure Montgomery hasn't forgotten how to play wide receiver. Right, right. right. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? So maybe he goes back to where he... Naturally, it. I'll naturally go with Monty. Was, I'll know? go with Monty. I'm gonna change it. Monty's like ninth or tenth round. I'll take Monty right now. That's my guess. All right. Question four: Which running back by committee is most likely to win the Seattle Seahawks award for least productive backfield? Oh, least productive backfield. So I mean, you got the Seahawks will be probably a committee possibly. You got the Colts. <sighs> you have the Patriots. You could put. Possibly the Titans in there. No, you Patriots could, will be great. I, I, the Titans will you be. You could great. put the Redskins in there. No, you no, could no guys, the Browns guys in there. The real no, I, I'm fine. You mean the least? Okay, so least valuable, right? Yep. I, I'll. It's hard. The, Packer, to get, the Packers are in there. No, no, there's value there. It's hard to get away from Seattle. It is. I, I could have went Indy if Andrew Luck's not there, but if Luck's there, he'll produce. Seattle did not improve their offensive line. I no, think, Scott, they had something like one draft pick in the top 70, 75 picks, I think it was, and they chose a running back, and yeah. he's running for their life. So I'm sorry if this is boring. The Seattle Seahawks award is going to go to Seattle. That's <laughs> kind of the route I thought you were going to go. <laughs> Question five, which wide receiver is most likely to win the Deshaun Jackson Feast or Famine Award in 2018? Oh, that's a toughie. You know, hmm, that's a really good question. Feast or famine guy? You know, this is sort of an odd answer. I'm going to say Marvin Jones of Detroit because I think that, what do you have, like 60-something receptions, nine touchdowns. Galladay's going to take a lot of points. I think he'll hit some big home runs because, you know, the Golden Tate doesn't hit a lot. And Galladay, of course, is still going to get acclimated. So I think Jones will have some massive weeks. Remember two years ago, I got off to a great start and then he fell off a cliff there basically with his fantasy production. I think he's getting drafted way too high in round five. And I think he's very feast or famine. And I think it's kind of the area Deshaun Jackson used to go in his, in his heyday. So I'm going to go with Marvin Jones. I mean, he'll have a couple games, but that's going to be spread around a lot, especially with a, with a, a big offensive line. I think that they won't be passing, you know, if they're winning as much. And, and yeah. I think Tate will get a lot more balls close to the line. So I think I'm going to go with Marvin Jones. Yeah, that's not too bad. I mean, his catch percentage isn't the greatest. Two years ago, well, 55 catches on 100 big targets and nearly 50%. And then last year, 61 on 107. So he did crack 1,000 yards. He had 1,101, so he turned those catches into something. But, yeah, that is kind of a feast or famine number. 61 catches, 1,101 yards. we got to come up with a name. It's all about that Thanksgiving game. Remember that? Where he cut yeah. the ball over uh, over, the, over the Vikings there? Yes, it, sir. It, it, that's, that all of a sudden now he's a great, he has great hands, right? Because if you see that, then all of a sudden it's fine, yeah. Number six, which wide receiver is most likely to pull a Terrell Pryor and go missing this season? Uh, so somebody who's hyped, right, and is, is massively disappoint, right? Yes, sir. Massively yes, sir. disappoint and disappear. Uh, that's an easy one. I don't think Alshon Jeffrey's very good. I, I, you know, like he, he had a prove it contract. I understand that. Philly's got options there. He had like, what? I gotta look up his his yeah, stats. His, his how 50, many catches 50, did he 50, have? Brother? Fifty-seven catches 
on 120 targets. Yeah. So he did not even convert half his targets for right. catches last year. I don't like Alshon. He did score nine touchdowns, though. Yeah, I mean, he's got great metrics, but I feel like he stepped. I could see him getting injuries. Always injured, you know, nicked up. He had the whole, you know, sub steroid thing, right? At the end of the year, a couple of years ago, <laughs> it was very odd. Yeah. So I know they throw the ball and they have the volume, but they got Zach Ertz there, Ajayi. They have a lot of people going on there. I don't like where he's getting drafted. I think he could have a disastrous year. Like, I wouldn't be surprised, Scott, if Alshon Jeffrey had one touchdown in seven games to start the year. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't had a thousand yard year since 2006. Right, like, hasn't yeah. cracked 90 catches. Right, right. Looks right. like at all. So, this is a, yeah, that, that, that's not a bad choice yeah. at all, my friend. Uh, question number seven Which tight end? The six or seven? Not, six or seven? This is number seven, I okay, believe. I had two quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver. Okay, got it. Number yeah. seven. Okay. Which tight end is most likely to win the Zach Ertz Breakout Award? You're going to like this answer. I think it's Vance McDonald. And my my argument – I do like that answer. Yeah, I, I do. I like where he's getting drafted. He's getting drafted right now a little bit ahead of Eric Ebron. I, I mean, I don't even know what to say about that, okay? Austin Safarian Jenkins, Jacksonville is going to run the ball. They're not going to throw the ball a lot with Blake Bortles. Why would you take Austin Safarian Jenkins with Blake Bortles over Vance McDonald with Ben Roethlisberger? Explain it to me. Explain it to me. Vance McDonald was huge in the playoffs against Jacksonville. He had a big game. He's a big producer. He's Health a, is a big concern. It is a, it is a big concern. But if you're looking for that home run lottery ticket – Njoku with Taylor, I, you know I love Njoku, but with Taylor, all those weapons, Jarvis Landry running the same route tree as Njoku would, right? That's a tough one. OJ Howard now with no Jameis Winston, that's a tough one for me to see too. We talk about injuries, Tyler Eifert. You know, George Kittle, you could have went to George Kittle. Uh, you know, that was another one. But I'll go with Vance McDonald. I'm very comfortable with Vance McDonald late uh, in, in drafts, and he's certainly going to outperform ASJ and Eric Ebron. Yeah. Th- this next one. A little bit of a wacky one, but just to see where you go, see where your mind's at. Which tight end is most likely to win the Mercedes Lewis Award for single game streaming performance? Wow. So, like, that's a good one. So, one home run game? Yes, sir. I'm going to go Ben Watson. There's gonna okay. be a, there's right. gonna be a Gary Ben Watson knows the system. He's down in New Orleans. There's no Mark Ingram there for the first four weeks. Okay, we know there's Michael Thomas. Everybody else is feast or famine. Ted Ginn, right? And Colby Fina was a disaster there. But Ben Watson did have some success. Couldn't you see Ben Watson having 110 yards and two catches? Right. It's, Absolutely. It's possible. I mean, at home on the turf, and you're not guarding him, right? No one's guarding him. They run Kamara out. They run Watson the other way, right? So, yeah, I could easily see Ben Watson having, like, the DFS week, right? <laughs> you just nail the that's week. That's it. That's the week. Yeah, that's a good question. Three left, and you know what? I decided we're going to give the kickers and defense a little love. So, okay. one kicker question. Which kicker is most likely to win the Ray Finkel Award for top <laughs> fantasy kicker. <laughs> Ray Finkel, yes. Finkel is Einhorn, Einhorn is Finkel. Laces were in. It's it's hard to go again. I'm not going to go to Gustowski. I'm just done with that. It's just too boring of an answer, okay? Justin Tucker makes 50-yard kicks. We know that. In his sleep. In his sleep. But you know what? Zerline was really, really good. And their offense. He cost me a win last year, Zerline getting hurt. Oh, yeah. I, I'll go with Zerline. The Rams are going to have positive game script. Okay. So they'll do a lot of student body left, student body right. It's got to be a guy who gets a lot of, it's got to be a guy who gets a lot of extra points, which I think he will, because they're going to score, who can hit 50 yard field goals, which Zerline can. 
and who's going to have a team with positive game script that's winning. That's why I kind of don't like Tucker. I don't know if the Ravens are going to be great. So, I mean, they're not going to be kicking field goals if they're 5-11. and 11, You know what I mean? So, I'll go with Zerline. All right. Which fantasy defense is most likely to win the Monsters of the Midway Award for top fantasy defense? Oh, I'll take the Chargers. I'll take, I, I understand people are going Minnesota, okay? But they got to play Detroit. They got to play Green Bay. I love Jacksonville. You know, I love Jacksonville. I understand that. And they also have a very, very easy schedule. Rams also have a really good defense. I love the Charger defense this year. I think that people are sleeping on it. I think they're going to be very good. I know that they don't have any home field advantage, but I'm buying into it. So I, I, I understand that there's other defenses out there that are probably better, but I am their secondary is going to be locked down. I think they can have like a Jacksonville-like performance. You know, Bosa's great. Melvin Ingram is really good. The secondary, Verrett, Casey Hayward, Derwin James they drafted. I think they're very underrated. I love the Chargers this year. Sure, you're going to say the Rams. Sure, you're going to say Jacksonville. I get it. You're probably going to be right. But I like the underdog. Give me the Charger defense. Much later, by the way, in draft from people. Nothing wrong with the Chargers. And Gus Bradley's there too, right? The architect Seattle's defense. Yes, he is. Final one, maybe the most important one. Which fantasy star is most likely to be on the most – Fantasy championship winning team. Oh, what a great question. What a this, great question. A lot of people look at this at the end of the season and see who it is. Oh, what a great question. I need you Scott. to give me the one guy oh. most likely to be the key to multiple oh. fantasy titles. You know, running backs are, 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 are in vogue again. Okay. Oh, what a good question. What a great question. <sighs> I mean, if I think Zeke Elliott is going to be the number one running back in fantasy, man, how do I not say him? I mean, Todd Gurley was the number one running back in fantasy. Le'Veon Bell's been the number one running back in fantasy, right? So if I think it's Zeke Elliott, with all the way the running backs are going, with his game script, and if you listen to Marcus Mosier, by the way, he's on the uh, the Sonic Truth podcast with Matt Kelly, he is saying that every time he goes to practice and talks to someone, they are preparing Ezekiel Elliott for four hundred touches he said it every week he's at the practice okay so there's no fooling around i know that sounds crazy larry johnson-esque they are preparing him for 400 touches man they have no wide receivers whatsoever i'm waiting for terrell Owens to say he's gonna go there so my tweet could be right i have to say ezekiel Elliott. you know i really want to say melvin gordon i did i was trying to get the saver, <laughs> but i'm gonna go zeke elliott man i mean listen 400 touches i mean come on <laughs> Yeah, Four, I believe the 400 with Zeke Elliott more than I believe the 300 with Saquon Barkley. Yeah, sure. very good, very good, very good. All right, so that's your first edition of Fantasy Most Likely 2. Very nice, excellent. We got to do that again. All right, quarter three. I figured we'd do maybe a little dynasty recap. Yeah, Our draft yeah, just yeah. finished off here. You know, kind of give the people a little bit of your thoughts on your team and how this draft went and vice versa. Very long drafting. It's what, about two weeks, I'd say? 33 rounds. Just finished up today. Yep. Uh, it's a best ball format. Uh, top 11 go. Must st- super flex on the quarterback and mu- must start two tight ends. And uh, 
Right, you want to start off? Yeah, I'll start off. Let me, let me read my team, and then you can rip me apart. And then you read your team, and I'll rip you apart. So just so everybody's aware here, this is a tight end premium. So for tight ends, you get an extra .5 points if they get a, a touchdown and an extra .25 for the receptions. You got six points for your receiving touchdown, only four points for your passing touchdown. Everything else is pretty straightforward, .75 for receptions. So... I drafted out of the what was that a fifth spot? I think as a, as a uh, uh, you were five, you were five. I was six. Five six. So here we go. I'll give you the rundown. I'll go position by position, and then give me your thoughts. Tell me how terrible I am. Quarterbacks. I got Jimmy G, Derek Carr, Paxton Lynch, and Trevor Simeon. Yeah, I mean I like Carr, I like Garoppolo. It's two solid guys to be your top two. As long as they stay healthy, you're good to go. If they don't, you're really thin. No no other route to go there. Uh, you'll have to scour the waiver wire for maybe a Landry Jones down the road or something like that. Yeah, I thought about him, yeah. I, I, I did too. But yeah. then, yes, you, you're in my head because I figured if I drafted him with the last pick, I'd hear, oh, Steeler Bias. <laughs> have, of course have, you would. Uh, Roethlisberger, Jones, and Mason Rudolph. Uh, but, I didn't I even like, notice that, would you? I didn't even realize. I would have. I, I, <laughs> I do like your top two there. And Lynch and Simeon. Both in good spots uh, if injuries are ahead of them. So, you know, I thought about Lynch. Actually, like I told you, I had Lynch queued up right before you took him, and then I opted to go elsewhere. So. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny you say that. I appreciate that. The Simeon pick was either Simeon or Landry Jones. I took Simeon because I said Minnesota's going to be really good, and there's nobody on that roster. So, I mean, he's going to be in a conservative offense if he comes in, but it's lightning in a bottle. Running back, you know, I made a trade. I traded Samuels in a second-round pick for Isaiah Crowell because I kind of think I have a chance this year. Running backs, Burkhead, Crowell, Royce Freeman, Darius Geis, Joe Mixon, Bicep Bob Turbin, Terrence West for the first four games of the year, and James White. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, uh, Burkhead, you're high on him, so I can't fault that. You stuck with your convic- convictions there. Crowell's in a spot where he can definitely make an impact. You'll see how that plays out with Powell. I'm not on the Royce Freeman bandwagon. I think I still think Booker gets a shot out Said there. Said he could start, read. though. They're saying yeah, I, did, I did read that he could start, but again, it is a late June, so who do we believe, who do we don't believe? We just got some good reviews in Darius Guy, so that's a good spot. Young, own him for 10 years or so. Mixon, <laughs> we're looking for a bounce back. Bicep, Bicep Bob is going to not really be a factor in this team. Terrence West, I don't think will be either. James White, I like. You know, I like James White. I think he uh, provides a ton of value there. So your running backs are solid. They're not overwhelming. But they're solid. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that assessment. Wide receivers, again, sorry, this is going to be out of order. There's alphabetical order, so it's not in any, you know, in terms of, of how talented they are. Cole Beasley, Kenny Britt, I took a flyer. Jamison Crowder, Dorsett, Taylor Gabriel of Chicago. I took Michael Gallup in Dallas, really a dynasty play there. Kenny Galladay, which got a lot of reverb from the uh, chat room when I took that. Carlos Henderson after Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders leave after this year. I took DeAndre Hopkins, my first overall. Cooper Cup. Along with Robert Woods, Brandon LaFell, Traquan Smith for the home run and best ball format, Taiwan Taylor, who I have definite truth or status for, Terrell Williams with the Chargers, and Kendall Wright in Minnesota. Yeah, I think you also got Robert Woods there. Also, listen, yep. look, you look at your wide receivers, you got one can't miss in, in Hopkins, and then you got a lot of guys that are really have to, in my opinion, take that ne- next step. Uh, Jamison Crowder is one of them. He needs to take that next step and evolve into a top wide receiver. You got a lot riding on a Kenny Galladay. I'm not yeah, going to break down every yeah. single one of these, but Kenny Galladay is a big, big spot for you. Cooper Cup needs to pick, uh, continue where he went last year. Yep. Uh, Taiwan Taylor could be sneaky value there as well. And then you need Robert Woods. So you got both of the uh, guys in uh, uh, LA outside of Brandon Cooks. I hate Brandon not, Cooks. You're not, you're not a Cooks guy, so <laughs> you went that route. So if you get those guys to produce, anything you get from these other guys would be gravy. So Hopkins is that no brainer. And then again, a couple question marks. Uh, Cup, Crowder, Galladay. And Woods for me. 
Tight end, I got to start too. Remember that, folks. So I did the hashtag team drafting there with Vance McDonald, and I handcuffed the tight end. What is th- this? How's you? This is how you know we do too much fantasy when I'm handcuffing tight ends. Vance McDonald and Jesse James, of course. OJ Howard, who I think is going to be solid. All the Jameis Winston thing hurts. I took Troy Fumagalli with a late round pick. He's missing a finger, but he's a rookie. Who knows? And of course, I love. Johnny Smith. If I had one wish, I'm sorry, Delaney Walker. Somehow, if you're out for a period of time and Johnny Smith gets a step in there, I think he'll be fantastic. <laughs> Listen, if you get a team tight end, but uh, uh, team draft tight end, whatever it is, there's not not two bad ones there. James and McDonald. You know, James will get some looks. McDonald's will too. And if one of them gets hurt, it, it's a good offense to be in. OJ Howard. Value does it take a little bit of a hit with no uh, yeah. Winston? Probably does, but he still could be a guy Fitzpatrick can get to. And then the other two guys are. You know, hit or miss. You need uh, need something to happen in front of them to get get involved. But again, dynasty, so you got some years for that to happen. Uh, you pick number six. Run it down. Go position pick, by position. Picked right after you, so I went uh, quarterbacks: uh, Jared Goff, Ben Roethlisberger, and Tyrod Taylor, three starters. And I picked three guys to back them up. I took Mason Rudolph for the years down the road, Davis Webb, and I thought what might have been a little sneaky pick. I mean, Brock Osweiler with my last pick. You know, Ryan Tannehill's got an injury history, so at least I know he's the backup of Miami. So Ever Tannehill goes down, at least I know I have someone who's going to throw the football. So Yeah, I like the Osweiler pick. I considered him as well. I thought that was a very good pick. Listen, you need Ben to stay healthy. If Ben stays healthy, you'll be fine. You only have to start one quarterback. Jared Goff, certainly, even if there's some sort of regression, should be very, very solid. He's a safe. He's like your Derek Carr for me. Okay, So you need Ben to play well. If Ben gives you Ben typical production, then you're going to be fine, especially if it gets to a point, Scott, where you can predict when he's going to have those games. You know what I mean? If you know he's going to be home, it's a best ball format but at least you, you'll have safety that week with Ben. So Ben, Je- uh, Goff, and I like Tyrod Taylor. I think Taylor is at least going to give you get you off to a great start. So to me, you have three quarterbacks there. One of them is guaranteed to give you a solid week in the first half of the year. So I think you have good good balance there. Yeah, that's what I was hoping for. Running backs, I got in alphabetical order again, folks. Amir Abdullah, Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Booker, Chris Carson, Tariq Cohens. I went Trey Edmonds for the route with Mark Ingram being suspended. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrence West. Yeah. Derek Henry, Duke Johnson, and Charkandrick West in case Kareem Hunt goes down. Strong running backs. Bell's going to be great. That's fine. I almost picked him. I, I, you know, it's, I'm going to kick myself, but Bell's going to be great. Derek Henry, I love the pick. He's a goal line back. They're not going to be passing to Deion Lewis, and Deion Lewis is going to get hurt. We know that's coming eventually. Duke Johnson is a great pick. A lot of receptions with that .75 in this league, and I think Tariq Cohen's going to going to play a strong role. So I like your running backs a lot. I appreciate that. Wide receivers, alphabetical order again. We've got Keenan Allen, Brandon Coleman. I get a little Alec Erickson of Cincinnati, Chris Godwin, Tyreek Hill, Alan Hearns, Chris Moore of Baltimore, Dante Pettis, Terrell Pryor on the bounce back, Calvin Ridley, James Washington, Terrence Williams, and Albert Wilson. I think I got a decent mix there, too. It's an interesting mix. I, I hate that you picked Terrence Williams. I think you should be suspended for a game for picking Terrence Williams. He's just absolutely useless. But Alan Hearns is a great pick. He's going to be fed down in Dallas. There's no other wide receiver there. You're not a Tyreek Hill guy. Neither am I. But if he gives you anywhere close to what he gave you last year, you know you're going to get great production from Keenan Allen. So I feel like you have three very solid guys. And I really liked your Calvin Ridley pick because I'm convinced that Julio's going to be up and down. And listen, he's just got to beat out Mohamed Sanu for targets. I really like that pick as well. Washington's a feast or famine guy. Definitely could win the third wide receiver job in Pittsburgh. I know you're very Pittsburgh heavy, but certainly I could see if he flashes and has a strong start to the year, I could see him and Ben hooking up on some deep passes there. So, yeah, interesting. I'd like to see that Dante Pettis pick work out too because I have Jimmy J. 
<laughs> Tight end is probably where I'm the weakest at. I, you know, I guess I don't know if I misjudged how fast they would go, but they went quick and uh, early and often, and I kind of was at a point where I just went with what was left. Uh, Garrett Selleck, Ed Dixon, Jimmy Graham, uh, Ryan Griffin in uh, Houston, who I think would be sneaky, and then Jeff Swaim out of Dallas. A lot of question marks who might be the tight end there. So, I mean, I I know Dixon and Graham are old, so not most ideal for Dynasty, but I'm hoping they get some red zone looks and you know, see how it plays out. I am trying to shop Tyreek Hill, so maybe I can make something happen with that. Jimmy Graham's going to be great. That's fantastic. You need Griffin to start. If Griffin starts, it's fine because, listen, people are starting two tight ends, and the people who have really great tight ends don't have great people in other places. So, listen, I, I think it's your weakest part. I think Ed Dixon can be fine if he's starting in Seattle, especially when they're going to have to be throwing the ball because I don't think they're going to be very good there. So, listen, I think long-term you're hurt, so you may have to pick somebody up next year, but I think for this year it's fine. If Griffin starts, you're home free because Dixon will give you a couple weeks and Jimmy Graham will be your consistent option. So, I, I think for this year it's fine. I think for long-term it's a problem, but you can make a trade and figure it out. Yeah, long term, I definitely got to make something happen. Yeah. All right, fourth quarter and uh, fourth quarter, give you the floor here a little bit. You want to talk about the uh, Scott Fishbowl uh, eight? Yeah, Scott. Taking part of. Yeah, Scott Fishbowl seven hundred and twenty teams. Okay, I mean Scott Fish does a great job. I had to fight my way in here, man. Two years ago, I had to go into a satellite. I had to win the satellite to get in. I had Tyrod Taylor again on that team. So, found a way in. Scott Fish does a great job, a lot for charity. You, you, you pay money and the money is donated for kids for toys. He's a really good person. He's up for a fantasy award as well this year for most charitable work. So, we love Scott Fish, what he does. Interesting. I asked to be in the Seinfeld division. I'm in the Cosmo Kramer division. And lo and behold, partner, I found out this week I have the first overall pick in the division. Which uh, it's you co- spill your beans. You know where you're going? Yeah, I'm probably going girly. We'll get into the scoring here. I, I mean, I, I was thinking about it the last two days, but I, I, I think I'm going girly. If you look at the scoring, you have uh, six points for passing touchdown which is fantastic for quarterbacks. However, you also have minus four for every interception. Okay, so you have six points per passing touchdown, but then the minus four for the interception. So you have to be careful. You're not going to want a quarterback like an Eli Manning. I think like that's a disaster here because he's going to throw a ton of of interceptions, and that's something that you have to avoid. But it's it's a very interesting format. He does give points for first downs, which is something that t- that people are doing more now. So uh, he gives, let's see, uh, for first downs. He's talking about 0.5 points for tight ends. They get that tight end premium, and they get you get a 0.5 for a first down. So every first down that a tight end gets is really worth 1.5 points because the reception is worth 0.5. It's a 0.5 PPR, and you get 0.5 for the first down, and you get an additional 0.5 because it's a tight end. So I'm really struggling on whether I'm going to go tight end with one of my second or third picks that's the issue uh they give rush be interesting that, that's that's sort of it you know receiving tds are worth six the passing tds like i said are worth uh, six but the interceptions are worth four there is nothing here for fumbling that's what i thought was very interesting there's absolutely nothing for fumbling and in in terms of the yeah so in terms of the settings and who you have to start you have to start one quarterback. You can start, uh, yes, or at least two running backs, three wide receivers, uh, one tight end. So it's not the multiple one. It's, it's one tight end and you have to have 11 total starters. So certainly I'm thinking girly early on, especially for the first down. If they're killing the clock, I'm going to have to handcuff him for sure, but I'm interested to see your thoughts. I could go Zeke. 
I certainly I could. I thought that's right. You would say, you know, your eye on him. You know he's probably going to be a first down machine also. So, and if that 500, 400, 500 touches is uh, legitimate, I mean, that's a guy you definitely could target. The tight end thing's going to be interesting, you know. Uh, I, I, so, I really, So you're yeah. 12, 12, 12 teams in this league in each division? Yeah, I, like, so, so I'm not going Gronkowski. We've discussed that. But you could go Ertz. But I could. I will. I will. I will tell you this: if Zer, if Ertz and Kelsey, if one of those guys is there in my second pick, I'm taking one of them for sure. I got to look at the scoring. I really want to go Zeke. I do. I, I really want to go Zeke, but I have to look at the scoring. It's interesting. If you go on Twitter, TJ Hernandez, who who's fantastic, you got to follow him at, at TJ Hernandez. He writes for four for four football. He had a list here of those who, for people who are participating in terms of how the scoring would be. So here's how 2017 would have played out under the 2018 scoring. Are you ready? Todd Gurley would have been the number one overall player with 405 points. That's 22 more points than he would have had last year. Okay. Who do you think is second? I'll give you a hint. It's not a running back and it's not a wide receiver. <laughs> so it's a tight end. So then no. it's, it's a quarterback. It's a quarterback. Uh, Aaron Rodgers? No. Tom it's, Brady? Nope. This is what's fascinating. It's Russell so, Wilson. That uh, makes sense. Russell Wilson got a 60-point bump in this scoring because of the rushing first down. Yeah, and the that, rush, that right? makes sense. Your guy, Le'Veon Bell, is third, so he'd be the second running back off the board. I can't even believe this is true. Alex Smith would be the fourth person overall. Wow. Carts and Wentz, fifth. Brady, sixth. Cousins, seventh. A lot of quarterbacks, right? So this is why I guess you have to win a quarterback. Cam Newton, eight. Jared Goff, nine. Finally, DeAndre Hopkins, 298 points. Now, that's over 100 points less than Todd Gurley. It's going to be tough to avoid Todd Gurley. Put my money where my mouth is with Zeke. Then Kareem Hunt, Matt Stafford, Kamara, who, by the way, has the exact same amount of points as he did under Scott Fish 2017 scoring. Crazy. Travis Kelsey, Gronk, Melvin Gordon. Never heard of him, Melvin Gordon. Uh, Mark Ingram, which, by the way, is going to be a key pickup late in this. And then it's Breeze Prescott, Blake Bortles. I don't even know what to say about that. Antonio Brown drops very fer- very far because of this, because of only the .5 reception. LaShawn McCoy and Big Ben. So you should be happy three Steelers in there. Um, the other thing I just want to bring up quickly, I talked about the interceptions. So TJ put out a list of people with their interception rate. You know, Jimmy G threw a lot of interceptions. <laughs> Yeah, he did. <laughs> you know, he throws a few every once in a while. Uh, so you got to be careful with that. But he's up there, Aaron Rodgers, Dak Prescott, Mariota, uh, but somebody like Eli Manning, also Philip Rivers, you've talked about this, throws a lot of interceptions. So interesting there to see how the scoring is going to be. I have no idea. I got to put my money where my mouth is with Zeke, but it's hard to stay away from Gurley just because of the format and because when I see the way he was last year, I mean, I feel like Gurley is very, very safe. I, whoever I take, I'm handcuffing, that's for sure. So, you know, with there being the one tight end and then the four flex, which you can put anybody in, yep. would you, if available, would you consider at 24 and 25 a Kelsey-Ertz combo? Ah, oh, boy. You know, that's tough, man, because, the you know, I just read you off that list. That's very, very tough because there's so many running backs, right? Like, I'm not worried about the quarterback. It, it, it's possible. Man, that would be a real tough one. That would be super tough. Because look at the in the, in this top format. So there's, let's see, one, I know two. Kelsey and Gronk were there. One, I'm just doing running backs. One, two, three, four, five, six running backs. Okay, 
tight ends, there were only two, Gronk and Kelsey. So Ertz wasn't even in there. So that's my point. It's like, am I, it's tough. Am I investing too much in that? I probably would not do that. I would probably not do that, but I could definitely see myself going running back, running back, tight end, and just punting wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, that makes total sense. I think you can find yourself some wide receiver value in the next couple of rounds yes. and get yourself deep running back value later on. Yep, that's it. So it's going to be fun. We'll see. Draft starts in about a week and a half. I got the number one pick. We'll, fee- we'll see what happens. Last year, I was terrible. I was absolutely terrible. I had a bad draft, so I'm looking to come back, and uh, we'll, we'll keep updating it. It's, uh, it's, it's fun. We'll see what happens. Yep, and, uh, you know, so that's, uh, that's where we're at here. And, uh, guys, uh, don't forget to go to draft.com, use your code PUTB, get the free entry. We will be what looks to be about a week hiatus. Week Vacations hiatus, coming yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll be on about a week hiatus, and then we'll be back, uh, both of us in uh, full force, as we get closer to uh, fantasy draft season. I mean, you're, some people are doing a lot of early drafts now, but we get closer and closer. Next time we'll be on, it'll be after the 4th of July, so we'll be in early July. Absolutely. And uh, moving forward, like I said, I renewed my league. It's officially open, and we're up to a full-point PPR. I know you've been clamoring for that for I'm a ready, time. I'm ready, man. I'm ready, man. got it. And I might have added one or two other changes you might have to take a look at. I got to take a look at it. Follow Scott. Great follow. SCOT557. Myself at Randall Rand and the pod at PUT Blitz. We'll be back in a week, folks. Going to be down at the beach. Hoping to get my Warren Sharp preview and getting ready, figuring out how I'm going to possibly win Scott's league. I got to get over the hump this year, man. Come on. Never going to happen. Happy Fourth of July. Everybody. <laughs>